You've come come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a licensed clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of therapists without a target audience for this podcast. But hope it can be of some help to someone somewhere. Okay, so Sarah, I would venture to say that you are not uh, what is referred to as woo-woo. Would you agree? I would agree. Have you ever been in a crisis before? You yes. don't have to disclose. Yes, right I have. On air. I have. Okay. Um, I would like for you to think about a few crises in your life right now, because I know that we talked briefly about this podcast subject and you weren't really sure what w- I meant mm-hmm. by where we were going. So I figured we would do it this way. Beautiful. So you, we've established that you are an excellent therapist. <laughs> oh, and, thank you. Yeah. And friend, and uh, that you have indeed had crises before in your life, and you have successfully dealt with these crises. Yes. Correct. And you are not woo-woo. Yes. So what are the secrets? Can you give me one way that you have dealt with a crisis that you're thinking of in your mind Mm-hmm. Um, yes. One way I was able to deal with a crisis was to get active and help out mm. with something. Okay. So actually doing something, solving the problem. I mean, in DBT, we talk about that's... Not necessarily solving the problem, but doing something to uh, make the ramifications of the crisis less bad. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So offsetting the damage or stopping the potential damage? Yeah, in in some way. Yeah. Okay. Or at least you entertained yourself with the belief that that was what you were doing. Yes. Like you thought, what I am doing right now is potentially helping. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. At least not making anything worse, you know? Right. Um, I had person I was working with one time and I I love to reference this I I don't think she made this up I think that she took this from someone but she said um, I'm like the person who gets a flat tire pulls off on the side of the road and slashes the other three (laughs) (laughs) because the problem may be bad but then you can always make the problem worse for sure so we don't want to make the problem worse and maybe we even consider doing something that could either mitigate the effects of the problem or stop it from occurring, uh, maybe solve it. In your case, you couldn't solve it, whatever it was, but mm-hmm. that may be something that a person could do. So that would be a non-woo-woo. That's a very active way, which I think is the opposite of woo-woo. Mm-hmm. So we could say you could do something about it or at least think that you're doing something about it. Right. All right, would you like to reciprocate this question answer? Sure. Dr. Vaughn, talk to me about, you know, I know you've had a few crises. I've known you for a long time. Um, and you're still standing. Somehow, some way. Right? So what is one thing that you've done? So I, I think one of the things that I've done is have, I just have, I insist on this stubborn belief that eventually the thing that happened is going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I think that that part of that is just me absolutely being stubborn about it. Like 
even if I can't see how it's going to be, I just decide like, okay, well, it's going to be. Yeah. With this stubborn belief, and it may take a year, it may take 10 years, it may take 20, but eventually that thing is going to work in my favor. So, um, and, and then it gets me curious even thinking about how what, how that might end up benefiting me. Not just it will get better. Like, let's say, oh, um, I, I had a flat tire and it's going to work out because I'll get a new tire mm-hmm. or something. No, it's like I got a flat tire um, and now uh, that I end up having to pull over on the side of the road, meet someone and we end up happily ever after someday or something, you know, <laughs> right. like this or this person hooks me up with a lotto ticket. And yeah. you went, I mean, I like to think creatively. Sure. So a little creativity and fantasy about how that thing might actually work out. Yeah. The, the thing I find interesting about people who experience a lot of negative thinking and a lot of negative thinking can lead to depression. Um, but if we're talking about cynics, and I, I am somewhat cynical, so I get it. And I, and I definitely have a cynical sense of humor. But one thing that interests me is the negative thinking they're so sure about. Mm-hmm. You know, like those thoughts that pop in their head, 100%, yeah, belief. A positive thought, 0%. But both of them are just thoughts, right? Right, And why not question the negative ones as much as you do the positive ones? Because our brains just throw up a bunch of crap mm-hmm. all the time. And it's really up to us to sort it out. But they, th- all of those negative thoughts just slide right by the radar. Yeah. And a lot of times these people are very smart. And so I'll challenge them about that. Like, you know, th- what, what is this belief that it's like the end is the end of the world? This is a terrible thing. That's happened and it's never going to work out. That thought pops in your head, but we could equally have positive or neutral even thoughts like maybe this isn't anything really. Right. And, and if the future has not happened yet, you yeah. can choose to think whatever you want. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's do it again. Okay. So, Sarah, in other crises, what have you done? That's a good question. I was sitting here because I knew you were going to ask me. Other things that I've done. I mean, sometimes what I'll do, this may may or may not be skillful, distract myself from the crisis and like choose not to dwell on it because I can't change anything. Yeah. So I mean, it may or may not be skillful depending on what the situation is. Like if the crisis is you have a paper to turn in by a certain time, I would say that's probably not skillful. Right. (laughs) Right. But if it's something you can't do anything about. And the alternative is you're going to sit there and chew on it. Right. Then distraction can be extremely skillful. So are, do you have any tips or when it comes to distraction? Yeah. Um, one thing that I find I really like when I've got something in my head that I just really, really, really can't get out and I've tried everything to change my thoughts is listening to a book on tape or a podcast, mm-hmm. something that I have to listen to in order to understand and, you, you know, you can't just, like, keep it on in the background and absorb what's happening. Um, that's been a godsend to me. Oh, yeah, cool. I, use, I do it every now and again. I have to pull it out, and it, it really helps. So if I were to do that, I could definitely ignore it in the background. Okay. And then I would make myself mad about it. Mm. So I would have to do something if we're if I'm using your technique. Yeah. I would, and I used to do this. I, I would give myself something to do that I had to think about. Like long division, you have to 
you you can't just like half do something in long division in your head at the same time. It's no. like that whole pat your head and rub your stomach, mm-hmm. you know, thing that, of course, everyone's dad can do because, <laughs> they, because they said that you can't. Um, but it's difficult to do both at the same time. Did you right. just really try to do that right now? I did now? successfully, I may add. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I had to see if I could Well, girl still got it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. So to do something that you can't worry or you can't, um, you know, ruminate yeah. or you can't get negative and do that thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Long division, um, listing every state that, you know, in alphabetical order. I give myself like a task that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then my brain is like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, really? You don't want to do that? You don't want to do that? Okay. Well, let's just see where (laughs) you go when I turn you loose. And if it goes back to that thing, then, oh, it looks like we got to run laps again, you know? (laughs) And running laps looks like long division and (laughs) listing all the states in alphabetical order. Yeah. I also find it's very helpful if I'm having trouble distracting myself by myself is to get someone else involved. So like having a conversation with a friend, calling somebody up, not talking about what I'm trying to get my mind off of, but just like calling to talk to somebody um, that usually can help me. Yes. And that totally made me think about and I don't know why I always forget this, but one of the most powerful assistants for me mm-hmm. for crises like that is contributing. I mean, we call it contributing in DBT, but it's doing something for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember years ago having a thing happen and I had to go, I don't have to do anything, but I was going to, I had scheduled appointments and one of my friends was like, you, you're going to go do those appointments after, you know, that thing happened. She's like, don't you think you ought to stay at home? I was like, God, no. I need to get my mind off of my brain and get into someone else's and get interested in in them and get outside of my head. That is a tonic, Mm -hmm. you know, for me and for most therapists that I know. You, you just sort of leave yourself and you go into someone else and you help them. Right. And when you help them, it helps you in a really you know strange sort of way and that doesn't have to be you doing therapy I mean it could be you you know calling somebody who you know is struggling with something and just you know pouring into them Mm -hmm. saying nice things or making them something to eat or you know buying them something or whatever just in even volunteering, going somewhere and seeing people who are, you know, much worse off than the problem that you've got. And of course, you know, we want to validate that you've got a real issue. Um, And yes, you do. You have a real issue. I have a real issue. You've had a real issue. And there's a problem, though, if we are just focused entirely on that to the point that it's damaging. And there, usually you can ask yourself, is this something that I need to sort of mourn? Is this something I need to process or is this something that I need to just move away from, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, and come back to later? You can ask your wise mind that. Is this something that I need to be with right now? And just sort of feel, or is this something I need to move on from and use distraction? Right. Okay. Do you want to do it? Do it again? Yeah. yeah. So, Doctor Vaughn, tell yes. me another tactic that you have. <laughs> so, one of my other things that I like to do is it's sort of like the first, but I call it alchemy. And alchemy is when you turn something that's not gold into gold. Mm-hmm. So, and the more 
um, like terrible it is, like a big pile of crap, then you can turn that into gold. That's like freaking amazing, right? <laughs> a lot of gold there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's that Rumpelstiltskin story where he takes the straw uh-huh. you know, and turns it into gold. And I like to think of it like that so that whatever I get, and if it's really bad or aversive, can I take that thing and not in spite of, not in spite of it, but because of it, because of it, do something good. So in other words, if that thing had not happened, that bad thing, mm-hmm. then this good thing yes. would not happen. So, I mean, I know you know that we I have a, a little bit of a reputation for if someone does, if someone does something, um, you know, like, quote, bad, mm-hmm. to us, somebody who maybe would like rent from us or somebody that we've worked with or whatever, then I might do something deliberately good, Mm -hmm. like write them a positive review or send them a present because it's so opposite that it does a variety of things. One, I think it just puts good vibes out, you know. Vibes is a new word now. I know you want to stay in with the kids these days. I like vibes, yes. Yes. And so, yeah, low-key is also another one, but we could talk about that. We'll get there later, yeah. Right. So um, sending good vibes out into Mm -hmm. the universe. And then second, it is amusing to me in a sort of weird. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of sadistic, (laughs) if you think about it. (laughs) It really is, I guess, in a weird sort of passive-aggressive way. Um, Third, it's really strange for the other person who has to then question everything that they know about who they thought that you were yeah you know because usually that if it's an interpersonal thing if that person has done something you know bad to you or said something bad about you then they have a certain opinion of you and it i can promise you it's probably not good it probably doesn't involve anything like the word generosity or, you or know, thoughtfulness or kindness. Right. Doesn't involve any yeah. of those things. And so when you do something like that, they have to challenge everything that they know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've seen before that people trust the least is like love and, yeah. ca- and caring and doing nice things. Um, they just don't trust that. Right. They trust meanness yes. and, you know, hatred. And it's like no questions about that. It makes me sad to think that, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. It does. It like you that, you know, people are more willing to accept their first belief about something that's negative versus positive. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. So I'm sitting here listening to you and like your, you know, tactics, I think, are awesome. And I think it takes like a lot of mental fortitude to be able to do the things that you do. And if I'm a listener, maybe that struggles with depression or, like, just chronic negativity. I bet they're thinking, like, okay, yeah, right. I could never do that. I could never think those things. Do you feel like you've always been able to do this? Or is it something that you've learned over time? Have you seen it, like, it worked once and so you did it again? I I can't, you know, I don't know. I've just seen it work yeah. so many times. And I've heard, you know, people talk about doing it i mean we have the thing in dbt called opposite action Mm -hmm. which is doing the opposite of how you feel Mm -hmm. if you are anxious then your normal thing to do would be to avoid 
the opposite is to approach. So mm-hmm. you would step into something. That would be an opposite action. So just I think naturally I've questioned, well, what is the opposite of, you know, like me wanting to take revenge on this person? Right. The opposite would be doing something nice. And like the internal struggle that you experience, depending on who it is and what happened and whatever, is so powerful. But I am so um, stubborn, I guess is the word. I don't like my brain or my emotions necessarily being in control of any like I I experience them but I don't like them being in control because I'm in charge you know and you're in charge Mm -hmm. so I like to tell them what to do and if they say Mm -hmm. and this is definitely non-woo-woo right yeah if they say no there's no way that you know this well I have to show them I don't have to do anything but I want to show them that in fact I can do this thing you know I Mm -hmm. can do it so then I would do it and then I mean it just is it's the craziest feeling really it always surprises me how amazing it feels it feels very powerful to take something really shitty Mm -hmm. and turn it into something really good it's like you're just like a magical fairy you really you know, are with your little magical wand going around doing things and you're like doing good things yes i've seen you do a lot of good things for some really not nice oh that's things. nice Thank not you. nice people and it is admirable i mean i know you don't like praise but it just <laughs> is like i just want the listeners to know that you're not just saying this and you don't actually live it out because oh, you do thank you yes i think it just frees m- me up to feel it gives me that sense of control that i've lost what yeah. you know whatever it was i feel a sense of c- more control i feel like a good person which i want to feel like a good pr- i don't want to feel like a bad person and and just from me to you i suck i really suck at at succeeding with active revenge mm. like <laughs> Year, You're not a good ago, villain. Yeah. Years ago, I you know I would like try to take revenge, and it like never worked out. And I think there just maybe some people who suck at it. Yeah. So I was like, really okay. Well, I've got something else, <laughs> and that really has been more beneficial, I think, for me overall. Okay, I like that. So if we're going back to like a crisis and how to handle it, I think the bottom line, I think that we're both saying that that we like to feel is in control of yes. something when our world seems out of control. Yes, and I think all of the things that we've talked about in our own way, give us at least a piece of control over seemingly uncontrollable circumstances. Yes. Yes. And so in that vein, also, um, I took up, I like I said, I like to make something happen as a result of something negative. So if there's something, and I, sh- you know, as I'm talking about it, I'm like, I should do this like every day. Mm. Whenever something negative comes up or that I perceive as being negative comes up and then just sort of like tit for tat yeah. this happens and that happens I do it more on a bit on a bigger scale if something big happens but I think I'm going to try practicing it on smaller things but I remember a time when um, I decided it was like the bad thing had happened I was like well what in the hell am I going <laughs> to do for this one and I was like well you know, you could just start an exercise program because I wasn't doing any exercise at the time. And I was like, that doesn't have anything to do with this thing at all. And I was like, yes, but you could make it have something to do with it. Mm -hmm. So and and I've done that before. I smoked years ago um, and I had a bad thing happen. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, I am miserable. So what am I going to do to make this important, make this a thing? I'll quit smoking. 
why would you quit smoking <laughs> in the middle of like the most miserable? Because I had to make it mean something. I had to make it because then it wasn't, oh, that's when the bad thing happened. No, it was that's when I quit smoking. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't have quit smoking. So if there's a situation you've got in your life now, what can you make it mean? How can you put a label on it? And it, so it's not, you know, I lost my job. Right. It It's, uh, you know, I learned a new language. That's when I started learning a new language. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it is whatever. you want. Right. So then it becomes, um, you know, a, a positive point in your life. And if it wasn't for that thing, you would have never done it. Mm. So you can take the control over it or you can wait for the universe to do it. I like the com- the combination of both. For sure. Very so, inspiring. Yes, thank you. I think those are some, um, I think those are the, uh, at least our ways yeah. of dealing with crisis in a non-woo-woo way. Don't be afraid to take the bull by the horns right. and, you know, do something good. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully this will be of some help to someone somewhere. somewhere. Don't forget to like us on Instagram. Instagram and Facebook and please rate our podcast. It will help other people find us. You're welcome to leave any comments um, or questions that you have on our podcast or slide into our DMs. And say nice things. Please do. Thank you. Thank you.